Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tanelia, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Kagongo and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite to talk about the drama happening in USA skateboarding and Louis Lopez's honor roll part. We've set a date for our extra fat Q&A show. It's going to be August 25th. So email us your questions to mostlyskateboarding at gmail.com and we might answer your question on air. And it can be skate related or non-skate related. We, uh, we've got a wide range of expertise with our full panel. So send in those questions to mostlyskateboarding at gmail.com. On to the show. This week, there were some high profile resignations and the United States Olympic Committee moved to decertify USA Skateboarding as skateboarding's governing body. The list of failures is long and includes failures to protect skaters' safety or do background checks, poor skater representation, conflicts of interest, and they lost their tax-exempt status. Seems like a fucking mess over there. Patrick, Patrick, was the Olympics good for skateboarding? Mm, That's an interesting question. I think before I give my response, I'd like to actually read through a couple of the conflicts and issues that USA Skateboarding has had as a governing body, just to kind of set the stage for the discussion. So first bullet, not requiring background checks for staff, judges, athletes, board members, and contractors. USA Skateboarding had their tax exempt status revoked by the IRS, which is the United States' tax body, uh, very similar to Inland Revenue over in the UK, in June of 2021. June of 2021, how are you going to get your tax exempt status revoked a month before the Olympics, right? USA Skateboarding does not have an anti-doping policy. That's a whole other conversation. They were deemed to be deficient in child protection, and there were a number of significant concerns raised during the review, including athlete representation, conflicts of interest, which you had mentioned, US OPC funding, athlete safety, again, which you had mentioned, and managerial capability. That, to me, is a pretty serious indictment of skateboarding's governing body and really an embarrassment not only to those athletes who worked so hard to represent Team USA in the Olympics, but also to skateboarding as a whole. Now, you might think if you're listening, like the Olympics does not matter to me. Ah, maybe it doesn't, but it matters to those skaters who compete, those skaters who are thinking about competing. And quite frankly, this is just me editorializing. It's embarrassing for the country that invented skateboarding that not only did we, we only, what, bought home a bronze? I think two bronze. Two bronzes, but also the fact that in terms of the absence of accountability and the mismanagement, because this is what it is, is endangering these athletes. And also, it looks bad. It's awful. And it puts a lot of people at risk. You know, this is the thing. This is If we're thinking about athletes, we're thinking about these skaters, it's especially putting those younger skaters at risk. I could go on, but I'm going to save that. Jason, what do you think? Well, listen, guys, uh, preparing for this podcast, I did my usual rudimentary internet research, and I actually learned more than I ever learned in my whole entire lifetime about the Olympics. And my conclusion is it's just a big racket for rich people to make a lot of money. Like the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, is based in Switzerland. So big surprise, it's tax exempt, right? And they just collect a lot of money from like uh, TV rights and stuff. And they disperse it through rights and stuff through two different countries. And then they get more money from like different countries vying for stuff. And I don't know. It's a whole big thing. But um, yeah, I mean, part of me is like, dude, just like shit can it. We don't need the Olympics. You know, it's fucking skating, bro, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, on the other flip side of that coin is there's lots of, you know, people out there in America and, you know, all around the world that are, you know, that give a shit and, you know, that are training to be in the Olympics, like on some, you know, the spirit of human competition shit, which is what it's supposed to be about. So, oh, also, um, I saw on, on Slap that allegedly there was some shit with like people not getting paid, blah, blah, blah. Uh, allegedly that might have factored into uh, people resigning. and. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I guess who's in who they put in charge? That guy Don Bostic from the NSA. Yes, yes, they did. Name um, well, I mean, I guess that's good, but like, where do they go from here? Like, can they just like shit can the whole whole like USA skateboarding and like build it back up from the ground up? Like, how does that even work? Templeton, what do you think? I mean, I think that they're probably gonna somehow get their shit together enough to to like stay in business but it definitely feels like a racket. I mean, the Olympics has always felt like a racket or 
in my adult life has always felt like a racket. You know, of course, as a kid, it's very rah rah, go USA. But as far as like skateboarding going into the Olympics, it 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 always felt like a money grab and like shitty people involved trying to just make a little something off of somebody else's culture. Although Gary Ream, you know, he's like the Woodward guy, which Woodward is great. Although I think I think Gary Ream came came at Woodward from a gymnastics point of view, so it kind of makes sense that he'd be oh uh, yeah, an oh, Olympics guy. The infamous gymnastics camp across the lake. Yeah, exactly. It's like so cliche, really. <laughs> yeah. A couple of things are really coming to mind right now. I think it's worth looking at who resigned, right? So Mimi Noop, who is the high performance director, Andrew Nicholas, the men's coach, the USA women's coach and 2020 Olympic athlete, Alexis Sablone, the people's champ resigned, you know, and plus two unnamed members of the board also resigned in protest. These are some quality people who have put in the work, right? A decision was made by certain people in skateboarding to put skateboarding in the Olympics. That's out of our control. Skateboarding was in the Olympics. It's probably going to be in the next Olympics. But what's particularly troubling is that all of these people said, okay, we're going to make a decision on behalf of this sport activity, whatever you want to call it. And then there was failure. So this is systemic failure at every single level of leadership. And the total absence of accountability, you're letting, you're not only letting the athletes down, you're letting down the people like Alexis Sablone could be doing a whole bunch of other cool stuff, you know, and she made the decision that she wanted to be. She accepted the, the, the position as USA women's coach. And I think that could have been amazing because Alexis is the people's champ. She's beloved by a lot of people in skating. So for her to step down, like that hurts, that actually, that, that stings. And again, it's, it's not even worth debating about whether or not it's good or bad that skateboarding's in the Olympics. Skateboarding's in the Olympics. That decision was made, that ship has sailed. But there's another thing that, here's another thing, question for y'all. I mean, Jason, you asked, you know, maybe they could shit can the whole operation and start from scratch. I think that should be, everybody should go. No disrespect to Dom Bostic, Gary Ream, Josh Friedberg. I think the smart and the right thing to do is for everybody to resign to dissolve USA skateboarding and completely start from scratch. If skateboarding is gonna be in the Olympics, if skateboarding is gonna be the real deal Holyfield, skateboarding should not be amateur hour when it comes to accountability, organization, and playing in the big league. Because otherwise, no, we can just go back to doing our contests and our dime glory challenges and having fun. But because a decision was made to go into the Olympics, do it correct, you know, especially for the people who are flying all over the world, putting in all of this time and effort to win those cons, you know? I may not necessarily agree with the decision to go for skateboarding to be in the Olympics, but if people are putting in their time, you know, like this is like, this whole thing is disrespectful. I mean, and it's nothing personal. I, I think, you know, Josh Friedberg has had a pretty amazing career in skating, but all of this happening under his watch, in most circumstances, the CEO should just be like, I resign, you know, I understand that these things have happened. I wanna, you know, I want to have a clean break and give somebody a chance to do this, you know, to, to pick up where we left off. What do y'all think? I mean, people aren't just aren't usually down to just quit their job and pass the torch to somebody else. You know, I think that it's like a power thing and people don't give power up very easily. So I, I doubt that anybody, anybody else is going to step down and say, hey, somebody else needs to needs to run this thing. I mean, I, I think skateboarding is more likely to do that than some other organization, but I don't know. I mean, you did have a handful of people quit, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it seems like a fucking easy job too. Like what like what do these people even do anyway? And like it, I mean they don't do much. They didn't <laughs> didn't get their paperwork right. So I mean it it seems like you just have to like, you know, file the paperwork, blah blah blah, like, you know, supervise this, do office shit. It's just like a stupid corpo job, right? It appears like you're you know ordinary garden variety corpo job and like they couldn't file the paperwork and shit so i don't know yeah it seems like you could hire a couple of smart pencil pushers and have it have it be pretty cruisy yeah like along those lines like who are these people that were working at the uh at usa skateboarding like we don't know that like that's <laughs> like, it's like it's like the it's like the the, the never-ending problem in skateboarding there's no transparency no accountability so you like who's in charge i don't know yeah, I, when I was reading through the uh, PDF with all the all the failures, it was just like, man, this is just typical skateboarding. <laughs> like <they're>, they run <laughs> this thing like no, a skate company. No oversight. Like, yeah, it's weird. Like, 
at, at least like at, at the Lux, you kind of know like the power structure. There's like Jim, there's like Jim and Tyler, and there's a TM, brand managers, photographers, you know, writers, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. This is like, you know, who the fuck knows? And like, yeah, that PDF was pretty funny. It showed it had some really nice, color, colorful like pie charts with like everything that they fucked up and, you know, and it's like way bigger slice of the pie than everything they did, right? Whoever put that together did a really good job. Shout out them. Yeah, I read through it last night myself. And what's disappointing about it too is, think about being a skater for Team USA. Um, I take it both of y'all have worked jobs where your boss has no idea what they're doing. Maybe you haven't been paid on time. Something has bad has happened. Um, I, you know, I worked at a nonprofit where the CFO just disappeared, just like dipped overnight. And it turns out that there was a whole bunch of financial irregularities. And I ended up, you know, a whole bunch of us, all of us ended up taking pay cuts ranging from 20 to 50%. As one of my coworkers said, so basically you're telling us to go get another job. And this was still when the economy was in a recovery. So it was, it was tough. And there was a lot of hurt feelings and a, I mean, a lot of like just simmering anger and, and disappointment. So think about those skaters who decided to, you know, who've decided I am going to be an Olympic athlete who have put in the time to do this. Like this, again, like this is disrespectful. It's not just disrespectful. Um, you know, Jason, you just mentioned gymnastics usa gymnastics is a good example of what happens when there is no oversight plus a cover-up and the athletes are put in danger they were kept in harm's way for decades i'm not insinuating that this sort of thing is happening in usa skateboarding but if you don't have the basic protections you know like child protection for example right or conflicts of interest if you're not doing background checks on the people who are your judges or your board members or your contractors, you are creating the circumstances for somebody to get hurt in a whole number of different ways. And again, it's, if, we're, if this is about the athletes and this is about the, the, the idea of being a good sport and a fair competition, this is unfair to the skater. And I think that's a, probably the number one reason why everybody at the top should resign because they let those athletes down and they put them in harm's way. Yeah, I, I think it'd be pretty cool if everybody stepped down and USA Skateboarding was dissolved and some other organization stepped up and took things on. Who? Uh, I think The Border would be a really good organization to do it. They've been putting on skate contests at an increasingly high level for decades, and those guys know skateboarding, and they're like really good at what they do. So I feel like I would trust them. They've got like a really good machine that would be able to handle all of the, uh, you know, extra requirements that the Olympics put on the organization. So I, I would vote for the border to handle that shit. Jason? Yeah, Ryan Clements and them, um, yeah, they, they know what they're doing, like spot to the spot retail operation. Like they're on like, you know, everything like on a micro level. That sounds like a good idea. It's trying to think like, I don't know, Rodney Mullen, maybe I'm trying to think outside the box here. I mean, he seems like a like detail oriented, you know, <laughs> he doesn't uh, seem type. like an office type guy, though. Yeah, yeah. He's more like, like, you know, in the in the woodshop or whatever, fucking with shapes or whatever. So, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. But um, is that what happened with gymnastics? Like there was all that shit and they just like shakan the whole operation, and rebuilt it. I don't, don't know. know if they, I don't know if they should can the whole operation. I mean, very obviously there was uh, the trial of Larry Nasser, who was accused yeah, yeah. of some pretty heinous crimes against USA athletes in the gymnastics program. But the fact that this was covered up at every single level, right? That's because of uh, you know that refusal to they didn't you know it was a cover up. You know, it was a conspiracy, and people were in on it, and nobody wanted to jeopardize USA. You know, they they put winning over everything again to the detriment of the safety of the athletes. And again, I'm not insinuating, I'm not accusing uh, USA Skateboarding of doing something nearly as nefarious, but like I said, when you have, when you're, do, when you're not doing background checks, right? You know, when you are not, uh, you know, again, this is like, it's about playing ball. Y'all chose to go to the Olympics, either play by the rules or don't do it, like straight up. And they're not, and it's making everybody, it's not only making them look bad, it's to the disservice of the athlete. In terms of who should be the alternative to run it, I think I got two choices. The first one is a consortium of quarter snacks, <laughs> Jenkum, and Village Psychic, because New Yorkers know how to do it right. And I think it would be amazing. Team USA would probably be iced out 
and get all the gold and it would be amazing and we'd be very 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 proud the other this is like the hail mary this is in case nothing else works we got to be on some help me obi-wan you're my only hope there's only one man there's only one man who can take skateboarding to the promised land and disrupt the hell out of the olympic oh i know i think i know you're gonna you say know exactly his name you know his name you know what he does steve, steve rocco steve rocco rocco yo <laughs> Oh my God, that would be so good. Yeah, I mean, listen, Rocco, um, one exactly known for running a tight ship, so to speak. But food in the, fights in the Olympic Village. In the I mean, I, I think of, uh, I think the likelihood of uh, Rocco skimming off the top is pretty pretty high. Uh, I mean, like he's got more money than God. Like, what does he need the money for? I mean, <laughs> he he needs a taste. I mean, come on, it's the Olympics. There's mad he's not money doing in nothing. It. He he's like fishing like off the coast up off like catalina island or something he probably is but yo like i said it's a hail mary if there's one person who could bring that imagine if he bought that imagine if he bought that early dwindle world industries energy into the olympics even if usa skateboarding tanked you wouldn't forget those performances yeah that would definitely uh, add some juice to the olympics i mean like overall like i think skateboarding Olympics was good like it gave a lot of those you know japanese kids like a chance to get some juice or whatever you know yeah like, i think it's done wonders for like women in skateboarding i think oh that, yeah 100 percent. like there were requirements that there needed to be some percentage of like female representation in contests and stuff and i think that that really boosted representation there which kids at home were like Oh, I see this girl skating. I'm a girl. I can skate. And then now they're fucking rippers. And I think that the level of skating and among females has gone through the fucking roof. It's amazing. And I think a lot of that has to do with the Olympics. Like the knock-on effect of the Olympics. Not necessarily like these kids watched the Olympics and became good at skateboarding. But just because of the environment that the Olympics created... Yeah, 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 that's definitely a fair statement. But unfortunately, kind of like when you have a cool house party, and that's kind of what skateboarding is right now, the Olympics has bought in some unsavory characters. And we won't name their names because we don't want them showing up in our mentions or uh, trying to hit us up on Twitter or trying to fight us at the skate spot. But Do we even, know, do we even know who they are? Like, they didn't, they didn't name names in this uh, audit. Oh, right? so uh, I'm, I'm talking about like uh, the, the basically the, the, the baseball parents of skateboarding who are... Oh, yeah. You, you well, know... Well, you know who we talking about those people there's going to be a lot more of those because of the olympics true well yeah well this is my whole thing like if you're gonna pick a sport to like you know push your kid into and have them doing like 900s or whatever when they're five like skateboarding is probably the stupidest one to do like because there's no money there's hardly any money unless you're like niger or something but if you think about it like the chances that your kid is going to be a famous basketball player or football player or something is like, like you're competing with so many more people. If yeah, your kid can true. be like pretty decent and like a little kid, he's going to get some shine and maybe end up going pro and making you proud. Yeah, or something. true. Like, like the odds are. Yeah, it's just an odds easier. thing. Yeah, yeah. Although, like, if, if, if I was going to be like an overbearing sports parent at 100%, like, get my kid to be a left-handed pitcher. If you're a good left-handed pitcher, you can work till you're like 50 exactly. or more. And you, you don't have to work out nothing. You can just chill. Solid but, career yeah. advice. Yeah, for all you sports parents out Even if they're not left-handed, just train them to be a left-handed. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, you're right. Like There has been like uh, some, some positive effect in seeing lots of different types of people skateboarding, and that's really wonderful. But again, like there's going to be those people who are going to try to use skateboarding for nefarious purposes. You know, they're going to turn it into uh, a political wedge issue. They're going to use it to to basically try to live vicariously through their their kid. And, uh, you know, compared to the 1990s where skateboarding was absolutely scorned and beautiful. I don't know. It's again, like we've all been to parties. We've all been to engagements where all of a sudden certain people come in and just the vibe changes and it gets it starts to feel kind of dangerous. And that's kind of where we're at right now. But again, you know, just thinking about thinking about the leadership at USA Skateboarding, it's like, do the right thing, you know, hang it up. Y'all have had wonderful careers. You got skateboarding into the Olympics, but now some real changes have to be made. If A, you want Team USA 
to be recognized as a serious professional governing body? Because that's the thing. This is unprofessional conduct. This is really basic stuff. You know, there's going to be people looking and saying, like, Team USA, it's like, get your shit together. You know, how are you supposed to put together sponsorship packages or, 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 or figure out incentives for your team when they can't do the very basics? You know, again, nobody was forcing this, these rules upon them. They knew what it was when they signed up, and yet still they failed. <laughs> well, you know what? This is America, damn it. Like, we can do it. We can rebuild it. Yeah, we, we, we got through the Great Depression. We got through fucking, um, well, only lost a couple wars, I think. <laughs> um, that's Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, we win every war. So, yeah, this is America, damn it. Like, we can put together a basically like functional nonprofit organization and do and submit the paperwork on exactly. time. Exactly. I mean, dog, I, didn't you almost think that when Team USA rolled into the Olympics that it was going to be like 92 Olympics when all those NBA players were eligible to play in the Olympics and they just put on a show? in barcelona uh, well not really i thought that would have been i thought that was going to be like brazil i don't know i, I was <laughs> i mean shout out to japan for basically just crushing it like you know they got the juice now japan has a lot of, man you see some of those guys in like a uh, street league they are like not fucking around oh yeah yeah Whew. oh my goodness it's yeah like a whole uh new wave like yeah a, like a big wave i'm there feeling it there was a term for tsunami oh uh, yeah yeah there you go yeah, but of, you know, uh, it's fucking rippers coming out of Japan. But I don't know, just like again, like going back to like how are you gonna lose your tax exempt status a month before the Olympics? And people are just cool with this? Like heads should have rolled. Personally, I think it's hilarious. It's just like, man, that's just some like typical skater shit. So it, I don't know. It, it doesn't bother me, I think, as much as it bothers you, Patrick, because I, I just think of like the Olympics is kind of like a sham. It's it's just a business, you know, like these are all things that just people made up. Everything is just some stuff that somebody made up. So I, I don't think it's that important. So I just think it's kind of funny that it's like falling apart. And, you know, skateboarding gets to like be what it really is, which is like just having fun with your friends going on yeah. adventures. Yeah. I, wanted, I wanted Alexis Sablone to be USA Women's coach and just be out there balling. Come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm the exact same way. Like, it's just some shit that some rich guys made up in like 1892 or whatever. But like, for like the people like on in the trenches, like that are you know trying to make it to Olympics or whatever, it's like you know it's important you know for them, you know. And if they legit want to represent their country in the Olympics, I mean, yeah, good on them. And I think you're right. Like, it's really about them. It's really about the athletes, and it's really about them getting to get their shine. Because again, they made a decision. They wanted to do this, and I'm disappointed because having worked in nonprofits, having been in situations where uh, trust and accountability just withered away or were, were completely absent, you know, I, I feel for people working in these situations. I feel for people who haven't been paid, for people whose uh, checks have bounced or whatever type of bad stuff has happened. Like th that's a shitty work environment. I wouldn't wish that on, on anyone. It really sucks to be in that, especially when you decided to cast your lot with something. You said, okay, I'm gonna do this, you know? Like it sucks for Alexis Sablone. It sucks for Mimi Nuke. The two of them have done so much work over time for women skateboarding, not just in the US, but all over the world. And this should have been a stage for them to really show, you know, this should have been, you know, this, this should have been their, their grand success. Cause I really acknowledge and I respect them too for the work that they've done for women skateboarding, for skateboarding as a whole. And the board, you know, the, the, the organization failed them. And that's shitty. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it, it sucks for the people involved who are losing their job and, you know, losing credibility and stuff. Sucks for them. Well, hopefully they can get it together before, when is the next Olympics? 2024? Paris 2024, Par maybe. Paris. Well, it seems like Gary Ream is still going to be involved in uh, the Paris Olympics, unless the, unless he gets booted from his, his role as a... Uh, as the chair of the Skateboard Technical Commission for World Skate, which is IOC's governing body for skateboarding and roller sports. Uh, Put Rodney in there. Roller sports. Yeah. It was interesting. I was looking at the USA Skateboarding website, trying to find a list of um, who the board members are, and I could not find that. But I did find that they have a downhill and luge committee and a slalom committee in addition to an athlete advisory council, an audit committee, which 
seems like they didn't do a very good job. Uh, ethics committee, judicial, you know, kind of interesting that they, the downhill luge and slalom are represented while maybe some, like let's street get some invert slalom or not. going, man, for 2024. Like, <laughs> yeah, also, like a uh, fucking barrel jump in. <laughs> I, I think I think that? Olympic skateboarding would be way better if it was just more measurable skateboarding tasks. You know, fastest, Downhill. highest, yeah. tallest, whatever. Like highest ollie. I mean, come on, like dude, no high ollie contests. Like <laughs> I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I would love it if uh, Olympic skateboarding was more like track and field. <laughs> oh, that was just like a Ill. bunch of little events. You know, high ollie, longest ollie, uh, yeah, high, tallest ollie. Like almost like the glory challenge, but less like conceptual. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, more straightforward. Oh, like best hill bomb, best yo the hill. You know, it's like here we are in beautiful San Francisco, California, with the Olympic trials for skateboarding downhill. I'm here on Golf Street. You may remember that Sean Young bombed this hill on acid in the rain. <laughs> It's an anti-hero video. Yeah, I mean, like hill bombing. I mean, like, come on, like these are all pro bono ideas. That I mean. I don't know. Maybe not pro bono. We might have to fucking charge a consulting fee or something. Yeah, run us, run us that money. Run us the check. Yeah, I mean, we're we're cashing it before we come up with the rest of the ideas because we've heard USA skateboarding. We've heard uh, shit. Well, you know whose checks are not bouncing? Spitfires. Yeah. Because Louis Lopez just put out a new part called Honor Roll for Spitfire, and it's pretty fucking good. It was filmed over two weeks at the USC campus in Los Angeles. Jason, what do you think of Lee Lopez focusing just on the USC campus for this part? Well, yeah, I mean, there's been like, I think 50 or 60, like one spot parts kind of like this. If you, well, if you just Google like quarter snacks, one spot parts or something like that. I mean, to me, this isn't a one, uh, this isn't a one spot part to me. It's like a one zone Part? Yeah, or true, part. right. Yeah, it's a little different. Like, he didn't just focus on one plaza or something. So, yeah, I mean, definitely a cool idea. USC has a couple of heritage spots. I mean, the ledges especially. Yeah, the filmed in two weeks thing really stands out to me because, well, first of all, shout out Reggie Bush, uh, USC graduate, Heisman Trophy winner. One of the best running backs I've ever seen, even though he had to forfeit his Heisman because of some bullshit or whatever with the NCAA, but Reggie was fucking dope. Shout out that guy. Anyway, yeah, two weeks to put the whole thing together. And I was just kind of comparing it to his last couple parts. The uh, the fucking awesome part, Days of Grace, and his part in Purple, the comms video. It seems like, I mean, those parts were you know, super solid, but, you know, relatively straightforward. No real tech craziness. It, with this part, it seems like he's gotten more tech and is skating even faster which is crazy. And like with the, um, some of the really tech shit he did, like the, like the back lip, barrel heel out, there's almost like a guy Mariano thing going on where like, you remember when guy, guy would do like the craziest tech tricks, like switch no side kickflip out on a handrail. And it looked like he was just like cruising to the store or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a vibe like that going on. Oh yeah. Stylistically. Do you feel like he's a spiritual successor to the LA boys vibe? Little bit, yeah. I mean, he reps LA super hard. Yeah, like the Dodgers bid and shit. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, little bit. I think I'm not sure if he because like the LA boys thing was just like schoolyards. Like if you look in the doc, they kind of like hone their shit, like Los Feliz, Lockwood and stuff. So maybe not in that way, but yeah, I, I guess you could say that. Like and um, oh yeah, like my whole theory is that like skaters peak at 23. Cause they still have the legs, but they're a little older so they can, you know, get a little more conceptual. Louis Lopez is 27 and he's still like kind of like gaining power, coming up with new ideas and shit. So he's like definitely in his window and he probably has a little more to go. Oh yeah. He's as well. He also got his braces off. So shots to him. Yo, shout out his orthodontist. Dude, his orthodontist must have made a lot of fucking money off of Louis. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Or, or maybe it was just a vibe. Maybe he just said, I traveled too much and like I just didn't feel like getting him off. I just got used to it. The thing I really liked here was if you ever go to the USC ledges, the famous ones that have been in a ton of videos, where he ollies on and does a frontside flip midline, those ledges are incredibly tight. And then also having to navigate the gap between the ledge, the dirt, and the street, and then also the ledge to the street. I mean, yo, I mean, he's got control. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anybody 
take that ledge to the street. Have you, so Jason? Can't say play? that I have. No, that was crazy. But he also also there was a couple uh, there was a couple tricks in there I really liked. The, arguably the simplest, but so it was uh, a, a wally off a tree and like wally back one eighty off a tree in a in a little bit of line, a little bit of a line. Like that was just that was just really cool, it, it, and it stood out. I mean, you know, he had that nollie flip, nollie one eighty flip uh, down that relatively narrow stairwell. Those are cool, but there was something about. I don't know this to paraphrase Sean Sheffy, you know, something about the vibe about skating trees. I was just about to pull that quote. <laughs> or it's the same like the, vibe. It's right? nature or, vibes. Or like the 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 or even his uh, the board slide uh the board slide wally out or wall, wall right out. Like he's I don't know, like do y'all think that he do you think he's gunning for a skater of the year? Well, certainly seems like this is like the opening assault in uh the Sodi Wars twenty twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, here's another thing. I know this was, you know, definitely filmed like spring, summer, but USC, like depending on where you skate, can be a serious bust. Like even the Rose Garden, which for years was kind of like uh, the Pier 7 to the regular ledges EMB. Like it could be the cops. I want to say that's the sheriff's department or, you know, campus police who patrol that particular area. And so it's like USC has never been like a consistent, consistent spot in videos just because. And then like there's the African-American Museum that's over there. Uh, around the corner where he ollies over the he ollies over the the very small rail that I want to say Rick Howard did something on. Anyway, it's the concept like the the idea of like just filming this in a in a couple of weeks time. Okay, it's definitely here's the thing. I'm just looking at my notes. Uh, it's definitely springtime because the jacarandas are in bloom. Or part of this was uh part of this was in springtime. So probably like late spring. So that um, is a uh, I assume that's a flower. Yeah, jacarandas is a flower. tree. It's a tree. Oh, a tree. The, the, it's a tree and the flowers are purple and they're very, very beautiful. Like my whole street is jacaranda trees. And so certain times uh, when, when they come into bloom in late spring, it's very beautiful. And it's actually the reason why my parents like visiting so much because it reminds them of Uganda. They're very popular in tropical and Mediterranean climates like LA. Who else, is, who else, also, who else has delivered a part this quickly? Well, I mean, like going back in history or whatever, like... I mean, people used to film parts like in a in a weekend. Like I mm -hmm. think Javante's part in Now Later was filmed like in one weekend when he went down to L.A., San Diego, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, a lot um, of those videos were just like the filmer comes to your town, and your part is whatever footage he got when when you guys were together. So yeah, I think there's a lot of parts, but in recent times, uh, not so many. But there's definitely some that I cannot think of right now. Uh, that's, that's something I forgot or failed to look up before the podcast. I'm sure listeners can chime in uh, on Instagram or Twitter or wherever and let us know. Yeah, other. me neither. Can't, I think there's some, but yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Would you all say that Louis Lopez getting into the FA hockey squad was the best thing that ever happened to his career, bigger than him being on flip? Mm, eh. Hard to say. I mean, getting on flip like set it all in motion. I think that him getting on FA is like was the right move at the right time but man you know he is who he is today because of flip i think yeah flip i mean flip especially back then was like the elite 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 international team like i, I still fuck with his part in uh extremely sorry like i think that's a cool part like he totally switched his gear up since then obviously but yeah he definitely did some cool shit now i actually thought he was like european or like Colombian or something, just because Flip is so international or whatever. Yeah, I, I was surprised to hear that he was American. Yeah, same. I, I want to know, just uh, as an aside, who is Flip's immigration lawyer that was able to <laughs> get all these people? I mean, how you, I, I want to know who worked on Tom Penny's case. I mean, granted, it was the 1990s. It was much easier to come into the country as a skateboarder. But, like, dang. Like, shout out to, shout out to whoever that is somewhere down in, in Huntington Beach who, who got all those people to Southern California. Uh, to be professional skateboarders. You know, a lot of them are now either green card holders or they are dual citizens. But anyway, uh, the other thing is, I feel like Spitfire should, I think that what their first video, like there was that video from 93, we've talked about that here. I found out recently, shout out to Connor Doggerty, who, who pointed out to me that the version of the flip, uh, excuse me, the Spitfire video that I'd been watching all these years was the, uh, the, the post cease and desist version. The one with all like the crappy, the, or, "Quote unquote crappy music." Apparently, the original had much, uh, much better soundtrack. So, if anybody's got that, throw that joint up on yeah. YouTube or Vimeo so we can see it. Because 
I actually really like the Spitfire videos. Spitfire's team is stacked. You know, even if people were just, you know, throwing a few tricks, they could do something like Etni's High Five, like a ton of people, you know, like a, a great 15 minute video. We'd love that. We'd love Spitfire. Man, yeah, that, now, Spitfire. now, yeah. Now I regret not buying that video when it was at my shop. I remember seeing it there in the case. It was there. But for whatever, I don't know. I was a little kid. But yeah, that would be crazy because isn't like everyone on the industry on Spitfire? Yeah. Like, like it's you're, either, <laughs> you're either on Spitfire or like OJ's or Richta. I guess Richta Wheel Dynamics. A few people are on Richta Wheel Dynamics. What about know. Bones? <laughs> I mean, Bones, Bones has a team for sure. But Spitfire is elite. I think that Spitfire is probably the brand with the most skater of the years on it. That's that's just like top of my head. I haven't run the numbers, but you know, th the only other brand maybe could be like indie. I think Bones did make a video recently. Is that that video when Jordan Hofford skates to Panama? I think so. Was that good? Did, did that work? Oh yeah, that, that's a good part. <laughs> he fucking went off. Oh, more Van Halen in videos, by the way. Well, yeah, I, know, I know what I'm ending the show on. <laughs> Speaking of uh, music supervision, I thought the music supervision was kind of cool. Like, was this like, who is this French guy or whatever? It's, it sounds like some old like soundtrack music or something. Uh, Franck Purcell? I'm, I'm not sure. I should. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a professor of mine who's going to be like, how could you forget this? Huh? I played this for you in class. I, from my understanding, it's like the theme song for the Concorde, like the jet. Oh, yeah. Like back in the day, they used to like make theme songs, you know, for random stuff. Like LAX has a theme song like on the same kind of tip. But when I, when I was That's listening cool. to it, I thought that it was like maybe like the USC like alma mater song or something. But it's just kind of like <laughs> yeah, some yeah, random yeah. 70s shit. Yeah, the that's cool. I mean, it struck a really like late 70s, early 80s kind of nostalgic vibe with me or something. It, sound, it sounded like a TV show theme from like uh, when I was six or whatever. Oh, like big daytime TV energy. Like you can yeah, get a song yeah, like this song exactly. on, on Fantasy like that. Island. Okay, by the way, quick aside. There is nothing today. There is no private jet that comes close to the dopeness and the speed of the Concorde. You could get from New York to Paris or London three and a half hours. Think of how crazy it would be if they bought that back. Wasn't it like was dope, man? It wasn't dope. it like it either like really dangerous or really like expensive, like expensive yes. to operate where it was like not profitable? Yes and yes. It was it was um it was a joint venture between uh, Airbus, Air France, uh, who else? British Aerospace. I think Rolls Royce was in there too. Like it was. It was very kind of messy the way that the Concorde came into being. Um, nowhere nearly as successful as that other great, you know, Anglo-Franco partnership, the Channel Tunnel. But like the largest, like Phil Collins, for example, did Live Aid in Philadelphia and at Wembley Stadium in London. He took the Concorde. I mean, I'm not, I don't know. Phil Collins could take it or leave it as a singer of Genesis. But, yo, that's a flex. I'm going to play, like, I'm going to play, I'm going to play multiple sets i'm gonna take the concord just think about that think how cool that would be yeah that is it was very cool I, like i remember just seeing it at an airport in the 80s or whatever it was like damn dude it had like that pointy nose and everything mm -hmm. that was crazy yeah. but be... um <laughs> okay as far as music revision there was this and then in the bronze video they used i think it was some music from fantasia or something like in that part when they're skating the, the um abc ledges and shit yep we just need one more example of like random like tv movie theme music for this to be a trend for yeah. 2023 like the, like the kind of thing where like like skateboarding is going to be all about like leisure suits and orange and brown furniture and you know just being like hey how you doing yeah like conversation pits like uh like in that movie the ice storm like yeah like just crazy like 70s decor there's a this is another tangent but there's a uh, an instagram not Instagram, but Twitter account called Cocaine Decor. And it's like all this crazy, like 70s, like interior, like uh, design stuff, like conversation pits, like just wild, like circular couches and shit. Yeah, I, I would definitely peep it if you're into that sort of thing. W would you rock that kind of furniture? If, if you 100%. Say <laughs> Dude, I love a conversation pit. I, I don't have I'm a like, conversation. I don't even like conversing with people. I would still have a conversation pit. <laughs> you know, just so you could just like lay back. You know, you're in like a like a polyester knit suit. 
you know, you've got some. Yeah, that's yeah, that kind of. I mean, I'm not one of these fucking architecture people, but like, I I definitely did that like kind of like modern like set modern type of architecture that you saw in houses in the '70s sometimes. Yeah, like the the only place you can still see that now is um is in dentist's office. My God, like yeah, remember, some dentist office or no? Yeah, I, I had a I had braces in all of uh, junior high school and my orthodontist, good God, like it was, it felt like stepping into, I don't know, honestly, it felt like stepping into an episode of Mad Men every time you walked into his office. Like it was nice. just, it was bizarre. And that's, you know, that's more mid-century, you know, sixties and such, but it, the colors, you know, like that was the thing. Also the DC Metro up until some years ago had those oranges and browns from the seventies. Cause the Metro, yeah. just like the BART in San Francisco is bicentennial. So, uh, 76 77 Woo, those colors have not aged well it's a vibe i think yeah like I, or having like a room like i had a, a family friend growing up and um they moved to the states i think just just shortly after just shortly after uh, my parents did and they bought their first house in central jersey and they had a living room with mirrored wall nice fucking dope <laughs> yeah <laughs> And I'm, I remember going over there as a kid for, you know, for big, uh, you know, Uganda parties, family get togethers, there'd be music and everything like that. And you, you felt like you were in a music video. It was ridiculous. But like in retrospect, I'm just like, who mirrored walls? It's like, like, like when I'm going to like one of those like hourly rate motels where there's mirrors on the ceiling and, you know, it makes like the space big... feel bigger. <laughs> it makes the space feel creepy. Just like that and like thick shag carpet, you know, like the, like the type like, it's like two passes with a vacuum cleaner to get everything out. It's that nasty. Yeah. Shag I mean, carpet, though. Seven, Feels good. Maybe. But uh, anyway. Look <laughs> at barefoot. So let's say this is like the beginning of Sodi season or whatever. Who else do you think is uh, going to be gunning for it out there? I think T-Funk has, uh, has the juice to get right, it done. Right. Although he doesn't have a shoe sponsor right now, does he? Not sure. I thought he was on Vans. Right? He, he might have just been skating bands in that video. He might just be on like a flow flowgram. Yeah, yeah, flowgram. But I think without, like, without I, a solid shoe sponsor, it's it's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I think Ishad is always in it. He's one of those guys. Uncle Freddie? Lifetime Achievement mm, Award? Yeah, I might be on, on some like lifetime achievement achievement shit. Hmm. But you know, they like they like the insane terrain over there. Yeah. Cater. I, I feel thought, like Cater could be Cater, yeah, C- Cater's yeah, one of those guys. He's if he does a push like yeah he he has like a big shoe shoe sponsor blah 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 kind of in his window yeah I'd say like Hater maybe Ashad oh another lifetime achievement maybe Spanky ooh I don't I think I think no on Spanky no that, that would be like a real interesting choice let's say Spanky gives us two more good parts it would have to be real good like a return to like this is skateboarding Spanky hmm. which would be cool. Yeah. Um. Anyone in the Adidas camp? TJ, maybe not this year. He had like the only coverage I've seen him is like one trick. Like he trade flipped into that uh, China Bank thing in SF. Mm-hmm. Um. Sush. Sush is chilling. I think he's in chill mode. He's been in chill mode for a while. I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe he's been quietly stacking clips. Like he was nice on that Adidas. Um. On that Adidas trip. Oh um, hell yeah. The, the Midwest tour uh, tour video that they just dropped uh, a few weeks back. Um, I guess it's, I don't know, I guess it's like, it's still super early. I mean, the last couple of years, it, everything is, it's felt like it's only in the last couple of months of the year that you really start to see like, oh, this person is, this person is definitely in the running. This person is, 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 is decided that they want to go for it. I, I can see Suchu doing something crazy and try to go for a back to back. That would be wild. I'm looking at the uh, Nike SB team page and I don't, I don't see, I mean, Uto. Yeah, yeah, Uto's up there. Yeah, I think Utah's top contender for Sodi on the Nike camp. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Also, but you know what? Um, allegedly, Jake Johnson has a part ready to go, and really? that would that would be a good one on some lifetime achievement shit because he's been ripping for like shit. What year is it? Is it twenty two? Like thirteen years? Thirteen to yep. fifteen years, I guess. And he's been like a legend the whole time. Like everyone always throws that word around, but like that guy is like a legend. Yeah, he's on some like PJ Lad type shit. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I don't know, man. If he comes out with some shit, um, you know, you never know. Could you picture somebody like, say, Deshaun Jordan, who's been killing it in contests this year, or is that a little bit, a little bit, a little bit strange? 
I think I think, the, I think Deshaun is not gnarly enough as a person for Thrasher. Like he's a little too clean, like uh, like not in the streets enough, or like not in the Thrasher universe, really. Mm. Mm, I think. Who? But was was Seuss really? Seuss didn't isn't really in the Thrasher like brand, or what he doesn't. He? But he's, he's like Bay area. area. Yeah. Yeah. True. Like, Bay area. Inserted himself into the Thrasher world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not really like a skate and destroy type of guy, but yeah, true. Yeah. He, he, he was so, he was so good in putting out so much good footage that it, it became the yeah. like you couldn't ignore him. Yeah, it was just undeniable at that point. I mean, there's um, if he puts out a part this year, maybe he could do it. You know who I'm talking about? Kevin Bradley. Yes, Kevin, if you're listening, maybe Sodi Sodi every year. Yeah, for us basically. Ke- Kevin Bradley, if you just Kevin Bradley just put out like a five minute joint. Just put it all together. Just like a five minute joint. Just like like the person who shows up. You know, we all had classmates in school. Never did any sort of uh, homework. Never turned in assignments on time. Somehow showed up for the final exam. Ace that joint. I want that for Kevin Bradley. I want Kevin Bradley to remind us who he. I mean, that's what we all want. That's what we all would be stoked on. Which brings us to the end of our show, where we talk about what we're stoked on. Jason, what are you stoked on this week? Stoked on Venture Trucks out of San Francisco, California. Also stoked on, well, in, this, in addition to being the video game liaison for this podcast, I'm also the mainstream entertainment liaison. And along those lines, I'm stoked on the movie Prey, the Predator prequel that just came out on Hulu. It's a really dope action movie, especially if you like the Predator mythos and that kind of thing. Also stoked on a little video that Andy Howell posted on Instagram. It's a snippet. I think it was from the DVD that came up that came with his book, like Art, Life, and Skateboarding or some shit, like 15 years ago. It's basically a snippet of a underworld element promo that I'd never seen before with like some commentary from him. So hopefully he'll like put out like an authoritative like UE documentary almost with like that shit and like Sky Pager and fine artists at, at some point. I think he alluded to that on uh, Instagram. Also soaked on a little video out of Montreal called uh, Hardcore, H-A-R-D-K-O-U-R, kind of like parkour. Just like some pretty fun like homie cam shit, you know, nothing too serious. A little fun, little fun video for the summertime. Uh, Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? Uh, I am stoked on Spitfire Wheels, um, a little program called Bridge to Skate, which is based, uh, I want to say down in Orange County, but I went to one of their events uh, held by my buddy Kev over in Paramount on the other side of LA County. That was really fun. It was super hot, but came through with some gently used boards for the kids. Uh, Naturally stoked on the Harold Hunter Foundation, got some cool stuff in the works. Uh, That bronze 56K DC shoes joint that just came out. That was really fun. Was it? Uh, what? What if God said that was? I. I'm. I'm always psyched. I'm always stoked when when Bronze puts out something fun. Just uh, started reading Dean Wareham's autobiography, Black Postcards. Interesting book. Um, if you like Galaxy 500 and Luna, it's definitely for you. I also just finished a novel called Idaho, a novel by a woman called Emily Ruskovich. That was fun. Uh, it's a novel about a killing in rural Idaho, told from multiple perspectives. I won't give it away. It's actually super fun. A little bit dizzying, but again, a, a really nice summer read. And then finally, Walker Ryan. I, I, I've been I've been feeling his Instagram recently, his, his travels, and also he produced some footage. Um, a little edit called "Prey." I think mostly filmed in uh, Southern Europe. I think a lot of stuff from Greece in there. Templeton, what are you stoked on? This? I am stoked on something called Artle. It's an art guessing game, kind of in the vein of Wordle, and I think there's lots of other things that kind of follow suit. It's from the National Gallery and. Every day there's uh, a new artist to guess. You get four pieces to go on and it kind of starts off with some stuff that you really probably won't recognize and then by the end you're like, oh yeah, it's that guy. Hopefully. Sometimes I'm like, I've never fucking heard of this guy before in my life. Uh, but if, you've, uh, if you like art, you, you might have fun playing Artle. Uh, check that out. It'll be linked in the show notes. Uh, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to things that we talked about, like Ardle and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Patrick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram under the handle at pkigongo, or you can find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks. That's Colonel like the military rank, not the popcorn colonel. And you can also find me doing things 
with the Harold Hunter Foundation. Jason, where can the people find you on the internet? On Twitter at Carbonite1994, on Instagram at Frozen Carbonite, and writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. Thumbs up, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding and on Twitter at Mostly Skate. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Back. She's my